Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. On this Friday in December, this is Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh, we got that smooth music today, everybody. Hope you're doing well out there. Living your best life, I know. I am. Wife and I are in New York City. Doing some stand-up shows. Seeing some Christmas things. You'll catch that all in the Vlogmas videos on Tasha Courtney's channel, Vlogmas. We released day one yesterday, and then this weekend when we're traveling, we're going to release the next couple days, or at least I'll be editing the next couple days, of this two-week journey from Kentucky to New England to New York and back to Los Angeles. It's been fun. Um, I think we're both dogged. I've had stand-up shows just about every night, a couple more tonight, and but it's been so nice meeting everybody. Shout out to Luis, our good friend uh, drove two and a half hours from Pennsylvania to see a stand-up comedy show. Very appreciative of that. We've got people coming in from all over. Uh, and also our friend um, coming from Gramercy all the way to the Upper West Side. That's a big commitment for a New York native <laughs> and everyone else that's made it up to the shows. We appreciate y'all so much. It's been wild to um, get to perform in front of some of our audience and um, get to put a face to the uh, stats because just this week alone we had something like a million views just absolutely wild we're getting um almost like 150,000 views a day and I don't know who these people are I'm just talking through a microphone so when they came out to shows it really really feels special so um if anyone feels like I'm humbled by all of that I am it is proof of concept and proof of all of your support and anyway, speaking of support, in this podcast, we're going to share some support for Johnny as he claps back at Nick Viles, sort of um, retelling of his relationship. So I'm going to share that video or the audio from that video with you guys. And I'm also going to share Claire Crowley, what she had to say with Caitlin Bristow, who might be the top dog number one podcaster in all the Bachelor Nation land. She's good at what she does, folks. She's good at what she does. So that's going to be a very interesting chat that they have. Claire basically talks about how she was sort of coerced to leave her season of The Bachelorette. We always say Squeaky Wheel gets the grease, but in that case, Squeaky Wheel had to ride off the set. So we have those videos, and then the last one we'll have for you today is Susie Evans describing her relationship, or lack thereof, with Clayton Eckert, how they ended on good terms, and why they are no longer talking. So all that to get to, I appreciate everyone who's stuck around for the new podcast as we ramp things up and give you the news for your rush hour drive home. I hope everyone has a fantastic uh, weekend, and anyways, enjoy my ramblings. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. We have Claire Crowley talking about being pressured to leave The Bachelorette and how she wasn't willing to do some of the things the show wanted her to do, so they wanted to get her out of there. It's a fascinating conversation, let me tell you that. We're also going to discuss how she threw a little bit of shade at Dale Moss, her fiancé at the time, uh, that, of course, is no longer. She's now engaged to a new man who's not on Instagram like everyone's dream. I just want a guy who's not making money selling vanilla tea, you know, whatever. So we're going to get into this whole story right now. Let's play the let's play the uh, preview for you guys so you can just get a little little uh, sort of uh, because these these previews for these uh, podcasts that they're making are so good. Have a listen. Something that's difficult in life is being able to speak your truth. I was silent on the stuff that happened to me in life for so long. I refused silent about things now. I wish more people would speak up at the amount of toll it takes on their mental health because a lot of people felt it. I felt it. 
You can be grateful, happy to have this platform and use it for good, but you can also suffer with your mental health as well from what you've been put through. Can we talk about this? Production brought it up to you to leave the show. Like how, how did that happen? Did you feel pressure to leave? Like what, are you allowed to tell me that? She is and she will. Let's get right into it. I just want to shout out everyone that came into my show last night. We had so many people. Annie, shout out to Annie. And um, we had uh, Tara and her man came to the show. And uh, we had Luis is somewhere in here. So everyone from the Dave Neal's community on the Facebook page, you can see all the different photos of everyone who came out to my stand-up show and then came out afterwards. Thank you guys all so much. It was so kind of everyone to come out and uh, show us some love. We have a couple more shows tonight, um, Lower East Side and um, I guess Greenwich Village. We got a couple shows there. All right, let's get right into it. I've got a few clips for you guys. We're going to play and then we'll share the real interesting tea i have to say i think caitlin bristow is in the hall of fame for best bachelor podcasters i think she's uh number one and i love dear shandy that's also a great podcast and i love their chemistry but when it comes to like caitlin being able to really um have tough conversations she's been she's put herself out there people trust talking to her because they know that she's gone out there and been messy herself and had those types of tough conversations. So we love what we see and we're going to jump right into it right now. Um, I've got four different clips. We're going to talk about Claire's mental health, how Claire's just like shocked that the mental health um, isn't a bigger topic with regards to the contestants. Um, and uh, sorry about that. I had some technical issues right here. This and, episode of Great Therapy. And then we're also going to talk about the explant surgery that she, that Clara had. We've talked a lot about that and um, why she actually went on the show. So let's jump right into it. You know, I'm having some issues right here. So just give me a second. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is where you get $400 a night. You barely get any Wi-Fi. Something to me traumatic to what I went through. And there's a lot yes. that I never and still haven't shared with people. Because it was a really hard breakup and it was a really hard relationship. And it yeah. was, it took a toll times 10 on my mental health more than I even like to admit, to be honest. Yeah, it was really, it was really hard. And pair that with hot off the press of like leaving the show. I think it's hard to talk about because. I mean, that's a whole nother topic, leaving the show and the men your mental health after leaving the show. But Oh my gosh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I just wasn't in the right mental space to to make your question the so long she, answer. But so she leaves the show, and not only does she have to deal with the fact that her relationship wasn't exactly peachy, and we know from the subtle information we got from Dale Moss that there was um not I, I want I, I was like, do I want to say coercion? But that's exactly what it was. If you like her, I mean, they were like a week into their relationship. It was one of those things. It was like, could they find a better reason to get her off the show? Just like, I don't know. Like, um, I, I mean, it was pretty dodgy to say the least that that's how she exited the show. All right. So when she talks about mental health, she talks about sort of the idea that everyone's screaming. Everyone who's been on the show and has been put under duress is screaming about their mental health problems. And yet the show hasn't done much other than offer a token therapist to, fi to fix it. You're like. Why bite the hand that feeds you? They gave you this platform. They made you who you yeah. are. But like, I signed up to fall in love. I signed up to go on this show. I didn't sign up for that. You don't know that that comes along. And it like, no. when it affects your mental health, there's a lot of people. There are so many people, Caitlin. And I know you know this, like your mental health after the show is just like on another level. No, I've, I've never experienced anything like it. 
And they talk about, you know, uh, so many contestants, Blake Horstman, Katie Thurston. So, I mean, it's just the list goes on of contestants that were put in a real, um, uh, a real unique position where they've got the, you know, because what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, in the end, we all just want to be part of a community and you go on the show and then you feel like you're part of a community and then the community ostracizes you. They unfollow you. They do this, they do that. And then they say, well, you signed up for this. And it's just this weird public flogging that we have going on. And it's a little bit of a bully culture where we feel like we've given them some sort of privilege and then we feel like we should knock them down. And we have to remember in society, we do this with celebrity culture all the time, that no one's as good as the celebrity we pretend them to be. And they're certainly not as bad as we make them out to be afterwards. You got your implants out. Are you fully healed now? Because I know that made you, you, I loved being along for that journey because I'm not going to lie. I'm a really big fan of my itty bitty titties, but I do consider getting um, implants once in a while because I'm like, well, that'd be nice. and That'd be fun. But watching your journey, I was like, I'm embracing Caitlin No Brestos for life. Rocket for life, girl. I'm telling you, there, I never knew. It's almost like I didn't realize how bad I felt when I had them. I never knew how good I could feel with them out yeah. and not have it. Like, I appreciate everything times 10. I thought when I got my implants, I don't have to wear a bra. I could do this, yeah. I could do that. And then I ended up truly wearing a sports bra every day and like strapping them down. I felt like I just had these like jugs of boobs that were not me. Yeah. And I felt bigger. I felt like I looked bigger in bikinis. I had to wear certain ones to make them not look just these huge, big old things on me. They were big. Were they really? I don't <laughs> She goes, they were big. Yeah. So of course no one's made more content on the breast implant illness saga uh, uh, that they, than me when it comes to Claire Crowley. Uh, Galen Bristow says she's going to stay in the itty bitty titty committee. Her words, not mine. And of course it's not, it's not an aesthetic issue. Some people, some people's bodies reject their breast implants. We've talked extensively with our audience. Some people say, I've had my breast implants for 20 years. I've never felt better. And that's perfectly fine. It's not about like uh, shame or anything. It's just some people get sick from them. And Claire realized that and, you know, cured a lot of her anxiety. All right. So we're going to get into the good part of the conversation. Now the the part we've kind of all waited for. Listen, it's a fantastic conversation beginning to end, uh, but you know, we just can't share everything for it. So make sure to go check out the Claire Crowley conversation on off the vine with Caitlin Bristow. And um, this section now deals with Claire's exit from the show, which has been largely a mystery. Everyone says, Oh, she fell in love with Dale. So everyone just assumes Claire was jumping into things, but it's like, no, Claire's like, I want it off the show. And also, and geez, I can't believe they're letting these contest I can't believe they're letting the contestants talk about the secret sauce here. You know, they used to get sued for stuff like this. Claire discusses Yosef here and how it wasn't her plan whatsoever. She's so funny. She is so funny here. Have met your fiance. Would you have gone back to Bachelor at Bachelor in Paradise if they asked? And you answered 100% no. Let's just say there are a few reasons I said yes to leaving the show early when they brought it up to me. And I'm like, can we talk about this? Production brought it up to you to leave the show. Like, how how did that happen? Did you feel pressured to leave? Like, what are you allowed to tell me that? Thank you for asking. Nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that before. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the truth. <laughs> yes, I wanted to leave. Yeah. Yes, I didn't mind leaving. It wasn't for the sole reason of being happy and in love. The And like we had talked about earlier, the show was, there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. There was a lot of circumstances. There was a lot of things that happened behind the scenes that I didn't agree with, that didn't work for me. 
Yeah. And I think when somebody is, unfortunately, mostly, I think this happens to women, but I think when somebody is a squeaky wheel and you're, you're labeled difficult, you're labeled a bit labeled like hard and challenging. And it's like, I was difficult to deal with on the show because I was saying no to a lot of the things. There was a lot of things that even the dodgeball date that I got just ripped a one by Yosef, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, that wasn't my decision. I didn't bring 27 dodgeballs in the back of my trunk in my car to (laughs) Palm Springs. Yeah. I love it. Can you imagine Claire Crowley with 27 dodgeballs? Like, all right, boys, get out your speedos. We're going in. Yeah, I mean, how, uh, you know, I, I'm sure Yosef. So, like, um, when, it, when it comes to Yosef's premise that she, you know, was, um, you know, bad, bad TV because she was um, making the guys do certain things, we got to reject the premise because it's like, come on, you got to understand Claire didn't have a say in that. She had to show up on the set. And if she didn't, they kicked her off the show. They didn't just kick her off the show or, or like, kind of like politely force her off the show for her season it's to tell future seasons if you're going to be the lead you follow the rules you play by the guidelines of tv and what we're trying to make or else we're going to make you look and feel a certain way i mean look at katie thurston katie thurston doesn't get to go back to the reunion episodes claire crowley doesn't go back to the reunion episodes blake horstman doesn't go back to the reunion episodes grocery store joe and nick vile go back to the reunion show episodes play by their rules or don't be a part of their program well, even that, it wasn't something I really necessarily wanted to do. Yeah. And there was a lot of, like I said, there was a lot of other things that people didn't see, but there was a lot of things that I was pushing back on that I was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Even when it comes to kissing somebody. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I know you know this. It's like there's a certain expectation that you have to like progress things past a certain level sometimes. And with me being a, survivor of childhood sexual abuse, I won't kiss a man that I don't want to kiss. I don't want somebody to touch me that I don't want them touching me. Yeah. And I know this is the premise of the show, but there's also, I'm human. And there's also, you don't have to do this. There was a lot of kind of like when we talked about Claire and, you know, certain moments where she might've lashed out at the guys or reacted a certain way. It's like, have a little grace folks. She's got cameras pointed on her. Guys are trying to hit on her. She's trying to find the right guy. I mean, you can't even imagine that type of scenario. And people say, well, why did they, why did she want to be on the show? You know, we do all this victim blaming and you go, you don't know until 20 cameras are pointed at you, how you may react or feel about a certain thing. You know, she was put in an untenable situation. When we look back on it, we need to have more grace for Claire and for other people in these situations. Claire got the Claire got a raw deal. Um, I heard uh, Claire saw one of our videos because her sister sent it to her because we just gave her it a shot. We were giving it a fair shake, treating Claire like she was one of our sisters or family members. And w- the public just sees her as a pretty lady who might have it all as the lead of the show, but she's a frightened child like the rest of us. I would push back on. There was a lot of things that I was considered difficult about. So yeah, Chris Harrison came into me and talked to me one day and he said, you can't go on like this. And I said, I want to go on to the end. I want to see this through. Right. And I believe I saw that on, I believe they aired that, that I was like, I, I don't know if they did or not, to be honest, but I remember saying, 
I want, yes, I like Dale, but I want to go through the end. There's right. been plenty of bachelor. And I think, especially being a woman who knows what she wants and what she likes. Yep. I knew what I wanted. Yeah. And at the same token, I was told, you know, these guys are going to be so upset. They're going to be hurt at you that you drag them through this all. And it's like, God, I don't want to do that to them. I don't want them to hate me. I don't want to drag any guys unnecessarily through this all. So it was, it was a hard, like, I don't, I, but I wanted to go through to the end. I wanted to see and take the time. You were like in an impossible place. Yeah. And then, and then I, I kind of sat with it and I was like, you know what? This is a lot of stress on me. I am away from my mom. I do know what I want, but, and I still sat there. And like I said, I, I kind of fought it a little bit and I was like, I want to go through to the end. I do want, I'll stay here. I want to stay here. All right. I know so, what then, I, so then there they have it that Chris told her the reasons why she should go. And of course he's, we found out was just a puppet for the production. Clearly he, um he, he himself kicked off the show shortly thereafter. It was like, it was her time to go. It was Chris's time to go. Lots of people are leaving. All right, folks, don't leave me. Hit the subscribe button. We've got a feud brewing. Johnny is not backing down. A deleted, I have to imagine deleted by either him or by Nick, a comment on Nick's Instagram that said, I appreciate you speaking for me, Nick. Glad y'all got your facts straight. Me thinks that's sarcasm. The uh, uh, the act of sarcasm is always well-placed on a good Instagram comment and then deleted, which is good because it's like he knows it's going to be out there, but then he's like, all right, I'm just going to post it, delete it, going to see my way out. Johnny's uh, looks like he's uh, ran out of tea to drink there in his photo. So we're going to get into this story right now. Very interesting. Trust me, I'm going to read a few comment threads for you guys and also some other other former contestants, alumni that are feuding with Nick. This isn't a hate Nick channel. I think what Nick does is uh, he's got a very successful uh, little bachelor empire that he's got. He bought a million dollar plus home based on it. So the guy's doing something right, but the collateral damage is that there are going to be people that feel like the story's not exactly being told. So we've made every video here from Victoria and Greg talking about how Rome changed everything. Victoria admitted that she initiated the relationship with Greg. She reached out to Greg after the thing with Johnny ended. And then, of course, some are saying, well, did she reach out to Greg before it ended? Which is going to be very pertinent to this timeline. Johnny deleted his Instagram response before. And but wait, you're going to have to stick around for this. Johnny raps on his Instagram stories. I'm not kidding. Call me biased. I think he actually does a really good job. I, you know, there are different niches in the bachelor world. We've got Jason Tartik talking finance. We've got Tasha Adams taking PPP law. I'm kidding. <laughs> We've got all these different niches. You know, Ari's got a niche. He's stealing money from the government, then voting for, um, you know, the government to take away, uh, you know, funds for. Okay, the point being. I'll always bring politics into things. The point being here is that Johnny's niche within the Bachelor world might be wrapping recaps. We'll get into that in a second. So Zachary Reality comments on Nick's page here. Uh, ball washing. I'm kidding, Zach. We're all friends. He said, this was a very candid interview. Nick asked all the right questions, and Victoria and Greg were, were both very vulnerable. So then Nick responded with, thanks, bro. And then... um Someone said, I don't know, Zach. She came off very gaslighty. Now, here's what's funny. Here's Nick's response, which, of course, I'm, I'm known to clap back at an audience member or two. Nick says, if you want to be set in your take, that's fine. But maybe don't accuse people of abuse by misusing words you don't seem to understand. And I can't necessarily disagree with Nick there. Was it gaslighty? I don't know. Nick asked questions. You know, maybe there are questions he could have followed up on. Nick mentioned he had a bias. The bias shows when you get into the comment section, which is totally fine. But, you know, the... 
Nick responding, which we're going to see here in the comment section to people that might not have watched the interview. It's like, let the interview speak for itself. You did the interview. It's 90 minutes long. You know, let it speak for itself. You know, you know, those are the people you're not going to really win with. But I get it. He's drumming up traffic. I totally understand. Speaking of traffic, guys, my channel has received 2 million views this month, which is wild. But here's the crazy part. 1.3 million of those views come from people who aren't subscribed. That's insane, folks. I need you guys to be subscribed. It helps me get extra perks from YouTube. I get the silver play button when we hit 1,000 subs, 100,000 subs, all these other things. I need you guys to, to subscribe. So much to the point, 1.3 million people not subscribed. I was like, I, I Googled what countries have 1.3 million population. And guess what? That's the whole country or countries of Trinidad and Tobago. Now you might say, oh, just Tobago? No, Trinidad and Tobago. That many people watched my content this month that weren't subscribed. So here's what I'm going to do for you guys. I'm going to give my next video only to subscribers. The next video is going to discuss Susie Evans sort of taking a dig at Nick Vile um, and why she wouldn't go on his podcast because she doesn't think he's given um, some people a fair shot. So that's going to be my next video just for subscribers. If you're watching on your TV or another account, double check, make sure you're subscribed or you ain't getting it. All right. So speaking of people fighting back against the narrative, we just made this video about Rachel Recchia a few weeks ago taking to the comment section, ripping Nick. Now we see Johnny doing it. Hold tight on the Johnny content. Check this out if you don't remember it. I thought we were done for the day. I had packed up my recap station and then a brawl spilled out into a the brawl. streets. Rachel Recchia fights back against the TikTok that Nick Vile made after the podcast he did with Greg Grippo, uh, basically saying that the old podcast Rachel was just performing in that she didn't like Avon and she was disingenuous the way she so Nick calls out Rachel and Rachel says all you're doing here is encouraging a space to kick me when I'm down based on assumptions and Nick said I'm sorry you're down I definitely can relate but part of the show is the opportunity to discuss what we see the people uh is uh we have a chance whatever I can't read that far the point being is that he's like just come on the show and explain your side it's one of those like bait people into doing the show print more money rinse and repeat not a bad business model for Nick again I totally get it I totally understand what's happening here but um what's interesting is what's spilling into the comment section so K so this uh, KB commenter says uh regarding his interview. The, and because look, it's good that we've got a populace that's saying, all right, this doesn't add up. This doesn't add up. People are just saying, hey, part of this doesn't add up. And it's just like one of those, well, because it's murky uh, at best. The questionable part of the timeline is the name calling in couples therapy. Johnny called her a C, but Victoria states in the podcast that he called her that directly before she went to LA for the birthday party. So if the relationship was over in her mind heart, then why go to couples therapy after the trip to LA? That makes sense as to why Johnny thought they were working on things. Mixed signals isn't a form of transparency. The toxicity is firm in the memory bank, yet she and Greg aren't 100% certain how they began. Victoria called him, but can't fully remember what she said, and that was barely eight weeks ago. Oh well, wishing happiness for all. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't wish any hate or ill will on anybody. Just repeating what we say every day. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's all it is. We're like, huh? We don't really get it. This doesn't really make sense. I really think the best thing for Nick should was to just drop the podcast and not spill into the comment sections because then Nick because then it really just shows his bias but that's fine too Nick said she tried ending it several times starting in August but he didn't want to accept that that is an extremely relatable situation not that hard to believe unless you simply don't want to and that's at the point where we got um Johnny's comment here which was deleted 
or it's missing. I'm sorry, if it's still out there, you know, Instagram can be glitchy. It wasn't on my end. I scoured for it. But Johnny says, I appreciate you speaking for me, Nick. Glad y'all got your facts straight. So clearly Johnny d- disagrees with Nick's. And, and what's so weird, imagine dating someone and then that and then another person who wasn't even in the relationship tries to tell you what happened. That's where Johnny's at. And um, it's almost like Nick's um, sort of um, trying to provoke Johnny. He's trying to smoke him out of his den, right? Uh, say, all right, well, come on the podcast, share your side. I wonder if Johnny would. I, I, I personally don't think it's the appropriate medium for him. Um, unless he's paid, because it's like, you know, don't, you know, don't give someone else, you know, write it, write it in a book, sell a book, make some money off of your story. You know what I mean? Don't let accounts like me or, or Nick or these other accounts make all the money off your story. Go out there and get it, put it on a Patreon and make people pay five bucks for it. Um, so Nikki said uh, to Nick, you could just not defend people who aren't defensible. You don't have to ardently defend everything your friends do. You only hurt your own character by doing so in this case. It's kind of like how um, everyone was defending Kanye West and then Kanye West went really off the deep end, who's now been kicked off Twitter. And a lot of people that were defending Kanye West are like now like, okay, well, maybe he took it a little too far. And it's like, I'm not, and again, I'm not comparing Victoria to Kanye West. I'm saying the scenario where you defend someone through their flaws it's it's good to defend your friends it's good to keep your friends but sometimes your friends mess up and um clearly you know clearly that this was dodgy at best all right let's get into it here's what johnny had to say he did a what y'all want to know and uh, you know imagine if everyone's like oh i don't know what the score of the sixers game is i don't know johnny we want to know the dang timeline uh, so he uh, posts here. Someone says, um, "Are you sing- are you single? Uh, are you single? Asking for a friend?" And of course, that was Logan <laughs> asking a friend asking for a friend. Uh, How many kids do you want? He said, "When the time's right, a bunch. I want a big family." Um, looks like Johnny has the same shoes that Nick has. They're both Converse fans. Big Chuck energy. How'd you feel about that interview? And he said, what interview? Oh, I don't know. The Barbara Walters interview with Britney Spears. Well, yeah, of course we know an interview. What would you, would you go on the vile files to tell your side? He says, I don't know. If I learned one thing from Bachelor in Paradise, the math isn't adding up. Hashtag Geometry Beach. Yeah, I know he's not allowed to make merchandise and profit off the show, but like a Geometry Beach protractor with like a little uh, crab or something would be great merchandise. So here's a rap that he made for Bachelor in Paradise that they never aired. Y- you tell me if you think this is as good as I think it is. That's what I got. Yeah. Hit it. Hit it. What? Yeah, we go, Johnny. Started off cute playing games and shit. They even had me in the onesie making drinks and shit. Can we listen to that one more time? I think we need to appreciate that one more time. This is really good. Johnny should be doing this for every recap. Don't, I never want to hear Johnny speak again if it's not in lyrical rap format. Five, six, seven, Then Victoria goes on a podcast with Nick Vial, and then he says, that's not the story, y'all. Okay, I don't really have not. Hey, I'll stay in my lane. Stay in your lane, Dave. Uh, what's my lane? Bad rapping and political takes so there he is and there he is dancing oh and now he's in his own um uh uh robe there i don't know if that's a dig at nick's new robe company uh johnny either johnny takes the subtlest digs or we're reading too far into things i'm not sure which one we're at either way that's the story folks that's where we're at got Susie uh evans talking about how she doesn't talk to clayton 
and she's on the Us Weekly podcast. And uh, we got a comment from somebody who said this. Is Susie pretty much saying they didn't trust Nick? I don't blame them. Nick Vile, that is. Um, not exactly, but it. she does mention how she wanted to go on a podcast with Caitlin Bristow, with Clayton Eckerd, and share their story. And um, I guess maybe that's a subtle dig at Nick, but we do have a weird little podcast wars between Nick and Caitlin. There, that's pretty much the the um, sort of um, uh, fight that they're both having to see who can land the first guest. As we all know, the first conversation after being on the show, whether it be Rachel Reckia, Katie Thurston, whoever it is, um, that's a big one. That's big on the numbers. We know Nick had mentioned yesterday that his conversation with Greg Garippo and Victoria Fuller was their other, uh, his uh, highest downloaded podcast. So very lucrative game that they're all playing here. So we're going to get into what Susie had to say. I have to tell you this, as far as, um, composition goes, it's a low quality video. With that said, no one's ever looked better than Susie Evans in this low quality video. I mean, look, she looks like a, like a hand painted, uh, like an oil painting by, um, you know, I don't know, Monet, he doesn't do port, whatever, either way. The point being is that um, nobody, nobody, uh, nobody, nobody's more camera ready than Susie Evans. I don't know, is it the, the center part or the eyebrows? We don't know. We love you, Susie. Susie Evans was brought to tears by ex Clayton Eckerd's last outreach, explains why they don't keep up. So I'm going to share that, why uh, Clayton Eckerd made her cry. It was for good reasons. Um, the more we learn about the way Clayton Eckerd and Susie Evans talk about each other, the more we should value uh, them as good people. They both um, uh, uh, showed uh, uh, grace and empathy and how to end a relationship and, and be kind to each other. Not exactly great for the, um, for the old YouTube drama club, uh, but good re regardless. Let's have a listen. We never wanted, neither of us wanted to say anything that was going to make the other person look bad because we both loved each other. Like Susie, that doesn't pay the bills. We truly did feel love for each other at like a human level before even a relationship. Your first post was, one of your first posts was about breakups. And I liked that you wrote about Googling, can you love someone and not be compatible? I thought that was telling and interesting and probably relatable. Is that how you would kind of describe why maybe things didn't work with you and Clayton? You loved him, but you just weren't compatible. Yeah, I think that that's like one of the big conclusions that I've come to. And I even think that was one of the things I struggled with in our relationship was that I kept wondering, not wondering, I just kept having this feeling like I don't think like at the root of who we are and like our expectations and relationships. I yeah, she looks beautiful at all times. Bruce said Susie could get hit by a runaway pack of alpacas and she would still be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that would be a wild story. Next thing you know, Susie's, you know, got that alpaca and she, she, she like rather than Spider-Man, it's alpaca woman starring Susie Evans. She just has like, a, you know, she walks on all fours. Okay, either way, <laughs> you, know, you cut her hair off to make, a, you know, a merino wool. Is that what alpacas are for? All right, we don't know. Either way, um, she's, uh, yeah, she's got a new blog out um and um Susie Susie here's what's great about Susie she's going to do very well with social media uh with her videography skills her editing skills photography um very very good stuff i hope that her blog includes a lot of vlogging because as nice as it is to see someone's writing and everything we live in a visual medium it'd be great to see her day to day with her um, aesthetic. Uh, we got to get Susie. I've talked to Susie about buying her drone, not me buying her one, but I'm like, you got to get one of these drones, the vertical ones. I think they have one either way. 
I don't know that we are compatible. And um, I think that I, yeah, I struggled with feeling like it came natural. And certainly like not every relationship is going to be natural or easy. But I think that there were like some, I think it was like ultimately like expectations of like, what do you want in a partner? What do you want from yourself? And like all of those kind of things. Um, And we just weren't really like aligned on those things. So I think it's tough. And I wrote also in that article on the blog where it's like, you really got to vet people before you fall in love with them. Because the like when you fall in love with somebody, it doesn't matter if you're compatible, like you have love for them and you care about them. And then like making the decision to break up becomes even more complicated because you're like, like, I love you and I don't want to let go of you. But I love you and I don't want to let go of you. That, for me, I'm maybe it's, I'm a hopeless, but I always feel like, what do you mean you're not compatible? What You have to and maybe 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 we're all selfish until we're not but and again i'm sure there's some truth to what she's saying but i feel like you have to make some sort of you know you got to like drop you got to like meet somewhere in the middle like you have to be you know to be compatible is to be flexible in and again yeah maybe there's things we don't know but it's like to be flexible in your goals versus your partner's goals and find a way to make them both work it's kind of like um it's like you have to hold on to each other as you climb climb in you know rise up you have to build with each other either way speaking of um building with each other um i'm, I'm live on the patreon right now patreon.com slash dave neal for all the private bonus content uh and we shared a lot of it today go to patreon Teresa just posted elizabeth is this your first comedy show with dave i have a show tonight and uh one of our um one of our audience members is coming from pennsylvania and last night, Louise brought her daughter from Pennsylvania, two and a half hour drive. So um, I feel like uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to give superlative for like who's the um, subscriber of the week. But everyone who came to a stand up show in the last week is a subscriber of the week. We had three couples came from Boston to the Rhode Island show and stayed in a hotel. We have people coming from Pennsylvania and Connecticut. And then Elizabeth said it's her first time coming. It's going to be a top three night of 2022. Hey, no pressure to me, Elizabeth. I haven't bombed yet on any of my shows. So I feel like I'm going to bomb tonight. But either way, you'll get to live in the misery if that happens. But like, this is not good for us anymore. So um, yeah, I think that ultimately is kind of the conclusion I came to. And it was good to be able to write it out in my blog and like express it in words. I would imagine that's what a lot of, speaking generally, Bachelor Nation couples go through because the love is there and we watch that part and then it ends and no one understands these vague statements of it just didn't work and everyone wants this answer or wants to hear this like crazy whatever. But I yeah. think it's just like in that environment, in fairy tale land, it was great, but in real world, it wasn't. And I don't think there's any way to change that. They, their social media was so good. They made great videos together. It is, but I feel like that's more common than like the big explosive thing, but people oh, want like specifics and answers oh, yeah. and to hear something crazy happen. Exactly. And that's actually why we wanted to do that podcast specifically with Caitlin, because we both really trusted her. And we felt like if we did a podcast with her, we knew that neither of us were going to like get exploited or dragged or get any kind of questions that were uncomfortable. I mean, I mean, the whole thing's kind of uncomfortable, but like, you know, we we never wanted neither of us wanted to say anything that was going to make the other person look bad. How kind of them. So this was the part when someone said, is she pretty much saying they didn't trust Nick? She's not saying that she's not saying they didn't trust Nick. She's saying they trusted Caitlin, but maybe that's what she meant. (laughs) All right. Yeah, because if you do, you know, that's the problem is when you do a when you do a post breakup podcast, you share your side of the story. And then the other person gets offended. So then they share their side. It gets pretty toxic. By them going on together, they were able to share a sort of a mutual respect for each other. They really are beautiful humans.
because we both loved each other. Like we truly did feel love for each other at like a human level before even a relationship. So, um, yeah, it, I think it's true. Like people want to know, and I even see comments still where they're like, well, what happened? And I'm like, well, it wasn't nothing happened. Like he didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. We just weren't really compatible. If something didn't happen, just make it up. I need a thumbnail title. I, I honestly, that was such a cool move that you guys did that. Wow, and how I, cute for Sarah Her- Her- Heron over here with the nice little uh, Christmas tree in the background. All right. I see you with that. You know, you got the little kind of compact Christmas tree, right? Oh, yeah. Someone get under the mistletoe you. I've been covering this show for a long time, and I've never quite <laughs> seen anything so, like, mutually, like... Mind, yeah. and it was a choice you guys made in like a mutual environment and it wasn't it didn't seem forced like you wanted to do that it wasn't like on a live show or it wasn't dramatic right. and you could tell the love was there and it was just truly kind of mind-blowing to see which sounds crazy but it was i mean i don't know how you guys did that <laughs> yeah we were apprehensive like we went back and forth and clayton i think was a little bit more apprehensive than i was um, but I think, so he had a big like media day coming up cause he's got a lot going on. I think he's actually coming out with a book now. Um, he has like his fitness program, like he has a lot of great things. And at the time I was also working on my blog. So I knew eventually, like I knew eventually we would be doing interviews and I think he had a big media day coming up and he was like, I think that even though he was like apprehensive at first, like, I think we should get ahead of it and like do something together to show that like, this isn't about one side or the other. Yeah. You also yeah. wrote, when I started to feel overwhelmed and got a desire to check up on my ex, I would intentionally not engage with those thoughts. Where do you yeah. guys stand today? Because I know you did leave that podcast, like hoping to be friends, but knowing it might be difficult. It's been like yeah. two months. Do you still talk? How, where, where are you guys? No, we don't. I think that um, I was like very open-minded to how it would look like. Like I pretty much told Clayton, I was like, I'm comfortable with however, you know, is this is going to work for both of us. Like I respect you and I love you and I don't want to do anything that's going to be harmful for you, whether that's staying in touch or not staying in touch, because I felt like ultimately we both kind of knew that we were um, not compatible. And um, I think for him, he was able to express to me that he didn't think it was going to be good to stay in touch. So we don't really keep in touch, but um, he did send me a really... But we'll get So we'll get to the next part. He, I, it makes it feel to me like Susie was the one who broke things off of Clayton only because he's like uh, not wanting to keep in touch with her because I respect that I've dated people that they're like we need like I don't want to it's like no no the, the the transactional relationship was that we are boyfriend girlfriend and when that's gone I don't want to see you uh, your life moving forward you know it's like you got because hey you got to take care of yourself first some people like what like some people will end up staying in touch with their ex because they want to prove to themselves that they're still like cool and they can play it off and it's actually damaging to them and some people can keep in touch with their ex because they're over things or whatever and maybe they'll get to that point where they can like become friends again but anyway i feel like i understand clayton's side where he's like look we gotta like unfollow each other i because like you know how it is with the algorithms. They're like, oh, you dated so-and-so? Let's show you their new boyfriend. And it's like, we don't need to know that he drives a Lamborghini. We don't need to know that. Nice message, like, I don't know, a month ago maybe. And it was just like, like it brought me to tears. Like I was like, oh my God. Like it was just really nice for him to say, like, I'm so grateful for like 
everything that you did for me in our relationship. And like, I've been able to reflect and I'm just truly grateful for. Do me a favor. Turn the stupid music off in the background, guys. The friendship that we had at the end of the day. And um, that meant a lot to me. So like, yeah, it, it was really, really nice to hear from him. But we didn't like catch up on the phone and we don't text yeah. or anything like that. But um, Susie for Bachelorette. What do you guys think? Leave a comment. Would you like Susie for Bachelorette? I don't know. Maybe. I think Susie would be pretty good for Bachelorette. Um, I wonder if she's still in touch with the other um, the other uh, ladies, Rachel and Gabby. There's a lot of single women. Rachel, Gabby, and Susie should all be Bachelorettes, right? Send them into the pit. All right. Anyway, I wanted to share my highlight of the week. This is me making my wife laugh. She was in the, um, you know, we're stuck in this tiny little hotel room. I'll make a vlog about it on my vlog channel. I'll show you guys my setup. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm recording all week from a... Um, a uh, uh, ironing board, which I got to say is actually a pretty good makeshift desk. I'll probably be using the ironing board desk moving forward because it's like long and skinny as we like it. Uh, right, right, ladies. <laughs> anyway, here was my uh, here was my uh, my uh, moment, uh, my clip of the week right here for you. They're kind of idiots to think that you can go to Rome and not get recognized. I don't know why they think Rome is like, um, you know, uh, Easter Island. You're in effing Rome. You're with you were that you were every like Dumb American tour group goes to be like, I saw the 16th chapel. The 15th wasn't that good. But I'll tell you, if the 16th is this good, I can't wait to see what the 20th looks at my wife's life. <laughs> they just, what do they just do? They just, they just uh, spray painted the 16th chapel like that. It looks good. You see the guy, he's holding the grapes up with the naked babies running around. All right, so there it is, folks. Thank you guys so much. Have a fantastic weekend. I've been Dave Neal. And as always, don't forget, hit the review button. Follow us, subscribe, share with your other communities on Facebook. It helps us all grow this podcast. And uh, everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Bye, everybody. <laughs>